Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Sorcerer of death construction In the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning Death and hatred to mankind Poisoning their brainwashed minds Welcome to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, Australia's sacred cow, Slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Welcome to the Atticus World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. If nature calls, you've got a weak prostate, pelvic floor muscle problems, your neighbour needs a cup of sugar. I don't know if neighbours knock on people's doors for a cup of sugar these days. Asia wants to have a little chat with you. The sheriff is at your door. Don't despair. The Anarchist World This Week is podcast. You can access the podcast for the next few weeks by going to 3cr.org.au. You want to know what Anarchy is all about? It's all about living in a society without rulers. That's all it is. Not without rules. Not without government. Without rulers. And how do you do that? By harvesting the collective wisdom. Yes, there is a collective wisdom. We call it crowdfunding. No, by harvesting the collective wisdom through direct democratic mechanisms where you appoint or elect delegates to coordinate decisions that are made at the local level, at a local, regional and national level society where wealth is held in common. Because what gives rulers power? Inequalities in power and wealth. So the anarchist struggle is to devolve power and redistribute wealth. Very simple, exceptionally simple. Now, I've got an option today. I don't know which direction to go. Sometimes you walk into the studio, you know, two minutes before the program starts, you've got all these ideas in your head. I don't know whether I want to be a rabbit left-wing shock jock today or a jaded intellectual with facts and figures at my fingertips. I think I'll start off as the rabbit left-wing shock jock. It's always good to get get it off your chest, as they say, especially when you're in a studio with uh, your own ASIO agent doing the uh, panel operating uh, who's about to disappear because he's going to get a bit rabbit. All right, look, I hate to tell you this, boys and girls, there is an election coming up. No, not the New South Wales state election. That's an appetiser. We've already had two appetisers, the Victorian state election the Queensland state election, we've got the Victorians, but we've got the main course, the federal election in 18 months' time. And you've got to understand is that everything you hear or see that the opposition and the government is doing is designed to position themselves to win the election. And I have been very impressed by my mate, Mr Tony Abbott, 
very impressed because I've worked out, I have worked out with your help, obviously. Well, not with your help because, you know, I'm a rabid left-wing shock jock. You don't need help when you're a rabid left-wing shock jock. You know everything. I've worked out their mantra. Last time it was stop the boats, get rid of the carbon tax. I've forgotten the third one. Well, this time it's simple. It's simple. Fuggish unions, bludgeon blacks and terrorist asylum seekers. And I've seen their mates in the Murdoch media, News Corporation and 21st Century Fox, give them the script. And it's brilliant. It's about creating fear in the community. If your ideology turns out to be crap and you've got no policies and unemployment is increasing and people are concerned about political instability and the threat of Muslim fundamentalism, you know, is receding in people's minds, you need to pull out the old hoary chestnuts from the cupboard. And the first one is the bludging blacks. It's all about lifestyle, isn't it? All about lifestyle. Here we have our beloved Prime Minister claiming the closure of over 100 outstations in West Australia is all about lifestyle, that we shouldn't actually fund these people's lifestyle. So that's the bludging black card. And you will see it. More and more, we had the intervention, remember last time Mr Howard found himself in a hard place? We had the intervention. And before that we had Tampa, you know, the terrorist asylum seekers. So let's look at the outstation movement. Now the outstation movement is a very interesting movement which came out of the Gurindji going back to Wave Hill and winning land rights. A pivotal struggle in the land rights movement in this country. And the outstation movement was about Indigenous Australians, both Aborigines and Torres Strait Islanders, going back to their traditional lands and setting up their own communities to, one, look after the land, two, lay claim to the land, traditional land, Three, to provide a better lifestyle, in inverted commas, for their children, a healthier environment, and to reinvigorate culture and language. That's what the outstation movement was all about, and there are hundreds of outstations across Australia. And these outstations have proven to be exceptional in terms of health outcomes and in terms of community outcomes. But most importantly of all, the outstations give Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people a physical presence on the land. The closure of over 100 outstations in West Australia and Mr Abbott's belief that, you know, people living in outstations is all about a lifestyle choice. It's a little bit like being a grey nomad in a caravan. A lifestyle choice. And we shouldn't fund people's lifestyle choices, although we do fund their superannuation if they're rich, don't we? And we do fund their uh, 
fuel rebates if they're rich. But that's that's another story. So the outstation movement is integral and pivotal to protecting the land and reclaiming the land. Because over the last four to five years, the Liberal Party mantra has been for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders to give up collective ownership of the land and use the land to borrow money to create industries, which means that people then are in a position where as communities they can actually lose land, which they have inhabited for up to 60,000 years. So this is... They've now pulled out the black card from the cupboard. This is about an election strategy which is designed to create fear in the community. It's about getting people to vote for the Liberal National Party. It's about attacking some of the most marginalised people in this country for purely political electoral motives. It's about rolling back gains which have been made over decades of struggle. Now, obviously, outstations aren't some idyllic, you know, centres, but they do, they do guarantee Indigenous people claims to traditional lands. And that's the strength of the outstations movement. And it's interesting to see that the closure of the enforced repatriation into regional centres of Aboriginal people is a little bit like the old reserve and mission policy, where you remove Indigenous people from the lands they inhabit, force them into these little reserves, or we call them now regional centres with facilities, and actually watch them die off. And it's all a plan to get access to the land. And it's no accident that it's happening in Western Australia where there is the mining boom. It's turning to a mining bust. And large corporations are demanding access to Aboriginal land without having the problem of actually negotiating with people who are actually sitting on that land, living on that land, existing on that land. So we've got the bludgeoning black card, the first card which is there, the first dog whistle, which is all about getting, creating fear in the Australian community, tugging at the racist heartstrings. We've got the black card, the bludgeoning black card. Now the next card is the fuggish unions. Now, the federal government is very concerned about the trade union movement because the trade union movement has learned its lesson. They've learned its lesson. They know that if they withdraw their labour, they'll be bankrupted. They know that if they go out on strike, they've got major issues. They know that with decreasing uh, membership... Which, is, which has resulted with uh, insecurity in the workplace and part-time work, the increasing relevance of part-time work in the lives of more and more Australians, the trade union movement in this country is its weakest ebb it has been in the last 150 years. But, 
But the trade union movement has one ace in its back pocket. And it used that ace in the Victorian state election and the Queen's own election where highly unionised public servants, whether they're ambulance officers or firemen and firewomen, were utilised to door-knock and lead an active campaign against the Liberal Party, corporatisation, privatisation, globalisation, deregulation agenda, knocking on people's doors, handing out how-to-vote cards at electoral booths across the country in marginal electorates. And their input into the electoral cycle turned the tables, turned the tables on the Liberal National Party. So obviously, every time some union bureaucrat coughs, or more importantly, farts, it becomes an issue for 21st Century Fox and Mr Murdoch and News Corporation, a huge issue. But the unions have learnt their lesson. They know the way to act in 21st century Australia is a little bit like corporate Australia acts. They pull out their puppets, inject them with some financial steroids and send them on their way. And when the puppets don't perform, like Mr Abbott, they cut the strings and watch them squirm and die. So the trade union movement has gone back to electoral politics. But not direct electoral politics, but indirect electoral politics. So the Liberal National Party is running scared, but their fuggish union campaign isn't gaining traction. And why isn't it gaining traction? One, unions really aren't involved in strikes these days. Maybe a little bit of enterprise bargaining agreement biffing, but no strikes. Most of them are trying to protect what little patch they have left. But they are geared up for the next federal election. So their fuggish union campaign is falling on deaf ears. And it's falling on deaf ears for real practical reasons. Because the Liberal National Party agenda to remove overtime payment... That was part of the price they had to pay to get the money they needed to conduct their last federal election. The Liberal National Party is about deregulating the workplace, which means making you more of a wage slave than you are. They're about reintroducing individual contracts and work choices. And they're attempting to destroy what is left, the little rump that's left of the uh, trade union movement in this country. So, that's the second leg of their electoral strategy. And the third leg of the electoral strategy? Well, we've always got those terrorist asylum seekers. We've stopped the boats, but we've got 10,000 waiting in Indonesia. We have a few more thousand on Nauru and Manus Island living in the most deplorable conditions. They've been there for a number of years. That's right, years. 
So we need to wave that third card that we're going to be overrun by terrorist asylum seekers. Think about it. Liberal National Party and the previous Rudd-Gillard government and the Howard government, biggest migration government in the history of this country. Over 250,000 people come legally to live in this country. It's all part of the big Australia plan. We need a big Australia. Then you've got 457 visas. People coming over on 457 visas and they're getting citizenship, doing semi-skilled and unskilled work. Docile, non-unionised labour. And then we have the old backpacker, you know. We've got the old backpacker issue. Interesting, isn't it? Work visas. So they've got a problem. There's a major problem. Because with increasing unemployment and with unemployment amongst teenagers being 30%, 30%, almost one in three of every teenager in this country who is not in full-time education is unemployed. Then we have traditional middle-class suburbs in the major cities, we're seeing there unemployment levels increasing. So unemployment becomes a huge issue because over 80% of Australians who are not on Social Security benefits rely on a steady income in order to survive. So we see the federal government in its fuggish union campaign attempt to defuse the situation because they know that in 18 months unemployment is going to be a significant issue. And you know why? Because they have created the conditions that have allowed unemployment numbers to rise whether it's the closure of the car industry, whether it's the closure of the defence industry in South Australia, the list goes on and on. So we see the government wave a few fistful of dollars at what's left of the component industry and the car industry in an attempt to ensure that the 100,000 people who will lose their jobs in 18 months lose their job after the next federal election. So you've got to look at each thing coming out of their mouth is related to positioning themselves for the federal election in 18 months time and that's what this asylum seeker stuff is all about and that's what it's always been all about it's never been about asylum seekers it's about tapping into fear it's about creating fear in the community that we're going to be swamped by hundreds of thousands of boatloads of people coming to this country. That's what it's always been about. It hasn't been about saving lives. It's about creating fear. That's why Mr Abbott stands up to the Human Rights Commissioner and says, bullshit, 
And when the United Nations says the same thing, bullshit. It's a specific electoral strategy based on three things, as I said before. The fuggish union, the terrorist asylum seeker, and the bludging black. That's their campaign. There is nothing else in the Liberal National Party larder. There are no ideas. They have no ideas on how to tackle the issues which confront us as a people and as individuals. No idea. None. You listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. This program has been streaming live on 3cr.org.au. 3cr.org.au. You can ring us on 0439 395 489 and leave a message. You can write to us. Yes, we still answer letters. could take a week or two, but we do answer them. Write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. You can email us at anarchistage at yahoo.com, anarchistage at yahoo.com. So what are you doing about it, young Joe? What are you doing about it? You're all very good with the rabid left-wing crap and rhetoric, but what are you doing about it? Well, we're doing lots of things every day. As individuals and groups... We are doing lots of things. For example, public interest before corporate interest has been launched, PIPSIC. And what's all public interest before corporate interests? It's a new political party which has been launched to ensure the interests of the Australian public are put before the interests of unaccountable corporations whose major responsibility is to create ever-increasing profits for their major shareholders irrespective of the human, social, environmental and national costs. Well, what does the world need with another political party? Well, public interests before corporate interests actually incorporates every aspect of political, social and community life. Well, what do you mean, Joe? You've lost your marbles. For example, climate change. It's real. Due to human activity, we need to do something about it. So putting public interests before corporate interests ensures that we put climate change up there on the political agenda. Public interest before corporate interests is about ensuring there's enough work to go around. If there's not enough work in the public sector and the private sector, Isn't it about time that we looked at the creation of cooperatives and collectives? Think about it. There are many ways in which people can have useful, financially rewarding employment. You don't have to be employed by a... You don't have to be self-employed or employed by a boss or employed by the government. There are other ways which we can generate income and support each other. So public interest before corporate interests is about that, is about incorporating elements of social policy, political ideology into an umbrella group 
that puts the interests of the public before the interests of unaccountable corporations. When the political system, the parliamentary system, when power in parliament has been usurped by unaccountable corporations whose major responsibility is to their major shareholders, it's time that the people became active. Because it doesn't matter what type of so-called rights you have, if you don't exercise those rights, you have no rights whatsoever. None whatsoever. None whatsoever. That's the issues that we face every day. You know, if you don't exercise those rights, nothing. So the anarchist world this week is not just about talking. It's about organising things. It's about ensuring that people have the capacity to get involved in different campaigns, whether it's the Murdoch's Minion campaign, which is all about ensuring the corporate sector pays, you know, pays their fair share. That's what it's about. Very simple. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. So... Interested in public interest before corporate interest? Interested in joining? Membership is open to people of all religious beliefs and those with no religious beliefs. We don't care whether you have no religious belief or whether you have a religious belief. We welcome people of all races, nationalities, genders and sexual orientation. We believe all human beings are born with unalienable rights and liberties no government can legislate away or corporations take away. I mean, it's one thing to sit at home and listen to the anarchist world this week and send it to your friends and say, wow, what an interesting program, or wow, what a load of wankers. But it's another thing to actually become involved. And this year, one of the big initiatives of the Anarchist Media Institute has been the creation of public interests before corporate interests. I mean, the difference between anarchists and other people and when organisations are formed is those organisations take on a life of their own, totally independent, like the West Papua Independence Movement and the West Papua Rent Collective, another Anarchist Institute initiative, or Resist Murdoch's Minions Legislative Onslaught, another initiative, and the list goes on and on and on. But... It's not a matter of waiting until the next federal election and going through the same thing again and maybe seeing the Labor Party re-elected and seeing them follow the same corporate, friendly agenda. Because in our parliamentary democracy, real power doesn't lie in Parliament, it lies in the boardrooms of national and transnational corporations. And we see constantly the corporate-owned media and the government guild at ABC working hand-in-hand to ensure the corporate sector continues to dominate every aspect of our existence in this country. Now, public interest before corporate interest. Just go to the website, very simple, pibci.net, 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 download. Download the application form, become a member. The membership form, become a member. 
Haven't got a computer? No excuse? Write to Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Want to learn more? Want to come to the national launch between 11am and 2pm on Sunday the 12th of April at Broughton Reserve, Station Street, Street Seaford, next to the Seaford Railway Station, behind the Seaford Shops, between the Seaford Community Centre and Cannonook Creek in Melbourne. Come and join us. If you ever wondered, if you've ever wondered why in the lucky country it's so hard for many Australians to find a home, pay their rent or pay their mortgage, why so many Australians have trouble finding a job, let alone a well-paid, secure job? Why it's so hard for so many Australians to put food on the table, pay the electricity and gas bills? Ever wondered why so many Australians have so much trouble getting access to public hospitals and health services when when they are sick? And ever wondered why it's so difficult to find affordable childcare and get a, get a decent education for your kids. If you're one of those 80% of Australians who fall into this category, whether you're a wage earner, whether you're self-employed, whether you're on a social security support, whether you're retired, whether you're working, whether you're going to school or university or higher education, If you're concerned that so many Australians find themselves in this situation in the so-called lucky country, then join us. Join us. And if you can't join us, tell your friends about it. Go to the website. Put it up on your Facebook page. Come along to the national launch. If you can't come along and you would like to form a branch, and we've formed already a branch in the Seaford-Frankston area, of public interest before corporate interest. You want to form a branch in your part of the world, whether it's Udnadatta or Perth or Broome or Alice Springs or Tennant Creek or Yapoon or Rockhampton or Cairns or Murr or Griffith or Sydney, Bondi Beach, Tamworth, Bansdale, Lee and Gaffer, Melbourne, Geelong, Adelaide, Wyala, doesn't matter. Hobart, Launceston, doesn't matter. Wherever you are in Australia, if you're interested in public interest before corporate interest, give us a tingle, 0439 395 489. Go to the website, pibsic.net. Download the membership form, info at pipsick.net. Want to open a branch? Have a chat? Maybe we can get somebody across to, uh, you know, help you launch it. This is the idea. National organisation. Now's the time. Don't wait till the next federal election. It's too late. Now is the time. As I said before... It's an all-inclusive organisation that includes people of all races, nationalities, genders, sexual orientation, those with religious beliefs, those with no religious belief. It's about putting public interests before corporate interests, whether it's climate change, whether it's jobs, 
whether it's social security, whether it's the corporate sector, you know, paying their fair share of tax. It's about once and for all putting power back in the hands of Australians. For far too long, a small section of this community has set the political, social and cultural agenda on a daily basis. They have become so powerful now now they set the parliamentary agenda. And if you think I'm talking through my hat, think about this. Why does IKEA, with stores around the country, pay 3% tax? Why does the Dexas Property Group, a real estate group that owns real estate across the country, which it leases out, including the Herald and Weekly Times building in Melbourne, pay 5% tax? Why do Apple and Google pay less than 1% tax? Why does Mr Murdoch for a news corporation get a tax refund? Why does 21st Century Fox, Mr Murdoch's other arm, pay less than 1% tax? And they do it legally. They do it legally. L-E-G-A-L-L-Y. They do nothing wrong. Why do we have governments and oppositions, irrespective of their so-called political differences and political colours, why do we have governments and oppositions which continue to allow this to occur? Because real power doesn't lie in Parliament. Real power lies in the boardrooms of national and un- national and transnational corporations who are only accountable to their boardrooms and their major shareholders. That's the dilemma. We don't have a spending problem in this country. We have a revenue problem because corporate Australia, both locally owned and overseas owned, is making a mockery, a legal mockery a legal mockery of what's happening. While Rome burns and Sydney burns and Melbourne burns and Brisbane burns and Adelaide burns and Perth burns and Hobart burns and the rest of the country burn, they fiddle, fiddle, squirrelling their ill-gotten gains overseas in subsidiary companies, legally minimising their taxes to such an extent they are making no contribution to this country. No contributions, long-term or short-term contributions. And in some cases, like that traitor, and I will call him a traitor, Mr Murdoch, and you know why he's a traitor? He gave up his Australian citizenship for 30 pieces of silver. What is a man or a woman who gives up their citizenship for 30 pieces of silver? A traitor. When you have traitors like Murdoch getting a tax refund legally while making billions of dollars of profit, you know that there is a problem in this country. And that problem is the fact that real power doesn't lie in Parliament. So public interest before corporate interest is about rectifying that. Whether we succeed or fail is irrelevant. What is relevant, 
we are putting in place mechanisms which give people the ability to peacefully, non-violently strike back and ensure that everybody pulls their weight in this society, not just pays you earn taxpayers. You don't pay your tax on time and see what happens to you. You don't pay your 25%, 35%, 42% and see what happens to you. You don't pay your bills and see what happens. Bankruptcy, phone calls, you name it, it happens. They don't pay their bills. They get away with it legally. Well, they take you to court. Amazing, isn't it? Amazing. So that's what public interest before corporate interest is all about. So you do have options. You do have options. You can listen and forget about it. You can turn off the radio. You can turn off the net. Or you can actually become involved. That's what the anarchist world, the anarchist world this week is all about. It's not about, you know, rabbit, left-wing, you know, shock jockeying. It's not about jaded intellectual facts and figures. It's about creating a climate of resistance in the community. It's about encouraging people to begin to participate. You can participate at many levels. With public interest before corporate interest, you can be a silent member. Just become a member. End of story. You can be an active member. You can set up, you know, your own branch. You can be involved in electoral politics. You can be involved in community activity. You can organise community actions in your communities to raise these issues. Because with increasing unemployment, there will be increasing problem. There will be more issues that we need to face. There will be more long-term and short-term problems. And you can watch TV or surf the net and forget it doesn't exist until somebody knocks on your door and says, where's that electricity money you owe us, boy, girl? Hmm? Where is it? Where's that fine? So we do have options. We still have options in this country. We still have a few rights and freedoms which we can exercise. Unlike many people around the world who have no rights and liberties whatsoever, we can legally, peacefully exercise what few rights and liberties we have. We can say enough is enough. We can draw a line in the sand. We can do all that. Or we can close our eyes, forget all about it until they knock at our door and take us away. Sounds dramatic, doesn't it? Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. My name's Joshua Scan. I'm hosting today's program. A few bits and pieces... Now, there's a lot that have been, a lot of stuff's been organised by the Anarchist uh, Media Institute over the next few months, you know, through various organisations that we're part of. There's the West Papua Independence Rent Collective, be it one year in May. On the 3rd of May, there'll be a special lunch to celebrate the first anniversary. Dr. Jacob Brumbiak of the Federal Republic of West 
Papua, Minister for Foreign Affairs, Trade and Immigration. The West Papuan volunteers who run the office and the West Papuans who use the office would like to invite you, that's right, to a gathering at the West Papuan office in Melbourne to mark the first anniversary of the opening of the office. Please bring along your friends, family. If you haven't got any friends or family, bring yourself along to this important milestone, the struggle to achieve West Papuan independence. When? Midday to 3pm, Sunday the 3rd of May. Suite 211-838, Collins Street, Docklands, Melbourne. Now, if you are a member of the West Papuan Independence Movement Rent Collective, please continue. You'll get some material in the mail or have an email to you the next week. Please continue to become a member. Without your participation, there is no West Papuan Independence Movement office. And I know everybody's very concerned about the upcoming execution of two Australians in Indonesia. But think of the West Papuans. 50 years, 60 years of struggle, over half a million dead from a population of 1.2 million. Strangers in their own land. Atrocities as we speak. Think about it. This is one way you can get back at the Indonesian government, support the West Papuan independence movement. Also, Resist Murdoch's minions will be holding, with public interest before corporate interests, will be involved in a May Day march this year in Melbourne in 2015. They'll be meeting on Friday, the 1st of May, at Federation Square at the corner of Flinders and Swanson Street, and then marching to 40 City Road, Melbourne. They'll be bringing around banners, flags, posters, you name it, they'll have it. So if you are in the city of Melbourne on the 1st of May, join us at 11.30am and I'll tell you more about that in the future. Then we've got Marbo Day in Melbourne on the 3rd of June. As I said, we've got the picnic on the 12th of April. We've also got, hopefully in the near future, a little gathering at at the uh, grey site of the uh, Eureka Martyrs, little clean-up brigade, which I'll speak more about that in the next week or two. And the list goes on and on. We've got... uh, the celebrations reclaim the radical spirit of the Eureka Rebellion celebrations, the Francesco Fantine Day, the day on, uh, on Armistice Day when we raise alternatives, raise alternatives to what's going to happen in the next six weeks in this country where we're going to see an orgy, that's right, an orgy of nationalism, nationalism, militarism. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. Well, history is important. It's not some dry, fossilised garbage that happened 100 years ago that has no impact on today's society because what we see constantly is governments and conservative elements in society using historical events to bolster their own political and ideological positions. And the 100th anniversary celebrations surrounding Anzac Day on the 25th of April this year is no exception. If you think these are little gatherings to remember the dead, It's important that we not only remember the dead, but we remember the reason that people died. And remember what happened in this country 
to ensure that this thing hap- never happens again. Because as I said before at the beginning of the program, when I was trying to decide whether to be a, a rabid left-wing shock jock or a jaded intellectual for this program, I remember what I said. What I said is that you can subvert history to suit current political trends. And World War I was important because 62,000 young Australian men were sacrificed on the European killing fields for the glory of God, king and country. They weren't sacrificed in the struggle for freedom or democracy or the protection of this land. They were sacrificed on the European fields for mammon. In World War One, a dirty little trade war which was fought by workers at either end of the bay. But Australians did not support, as we are told, to the last man, woman and child, this war effort. There was a significant anti-war movement in this country who were the eventual victors, who ensured in October 1916, December 1917, who defeated two referendums which attempted to introduce conscription in this country. Australia was a divided nation during World War One. There were millions of Australians from a population of five million who understood that World War One was a dirty little trade war fought by workers in either end of Abeda who didn't want their sons or brothers or uncles to be sacrificed on the European killing fields, who fought tooth and nail to ensure that another 62,000 young Australian men were not sacrificed on the European killing fields during World War One, And it's no exaggeration to say that if the conscription referendums had been successful in October 1916 and December 1917, that another 600,000 young Australian men of of military age would not have been conscripted and sent to the European killing fields to be slaughtered for nothing. It's not just enough to remember the dead, but we need to remember the reasons they died and whether they were sacrificed for nothing. And you'll find as we get closer and closer to Anzac Day and the 100th anniversary, the crescendo of militarist propaganda, and that's all it is. The self-serving statements which will occur will reach a crescendo. And it's important for us to highlight, to highlight exactly like happened in World War. It's a little bit like the Frontier Wars. We continually highlight on this program this is an invaded country. We continually highlight there is no treaty. We continually highlight that Indigenous Australians, both Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders, never ceded their sovereign powers. And for generations, these were issues which were not raised in polite society. And today we find ourselves in the same situation with the government-sponsored $350 million celebrations, and they are celebrations, not commemorations, surrounding Anzac and the so-called Anzac legend. 
and Australia's participation in World War One. And it's important. It doesn't matter if there's five of us or ten of us or a hundred of us or a thousand of us or ten thousand of us. It's important for some of us to raise our concerns, to put the historical facts on the table so that once again we don't see governments sacrificing people on the altar of mammon, militarism and nationalism. Because that's what these celebrations are about. We should not only remember the war dead, but the causes of the war, why they were sacrificed. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. 3cr.org.au. As I said before, I keep saying for years and years and years, the ball is in your court. We can do what we can do, but we can't do more than what we can do. (laughs) Sounds like Mr Rumsfeld, doesn't it? Knowns and unknowns. But whether the change occurs, whether we are in a position to protect those rights and liberties that we have actually won, whether it's in the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander sphere, whether in this it's in the workplace, whether it's in the community, whether it's gender issues, religious issues, the list goes on and on. Whether we can protect and extend those rights and liberties whether we can create an Australia where people don't wonder why they can't support their kids, they don't wonder why they are faced with so many issues on a daily basis. That only occurs when people become active. It's one thing to press a button and say, like, I like that, and that's the end of it. It's not the end of it, that's the very beginning. It's another thing to actually mobilise in the streets. It's another thing to withdraw your labour peacefully, standing up for yourself. Because what these people love is violence. They are ready for violence. They are ready because they have a monopoly on the use of force in this country. But what they are not ready for is for intelligent, peaceful resistance which uses those few rights and liberties we enjoy, continue to enjoy, to peacefully make our point that we can, as a nation and as a people, that we can do better as far as the Indigenous community is concerned. We can do better as far as asylum seekers are concerned. We can do better as far as public education is concerned. We can do better as far as public health is concerned. We can do better as far as public infrastructure is concerned. We can do better in terms of the actions government take to protect you know, vulnerable individuals and communities in our society. We can do better. And we can all do better if we sever our links with the the gunner tribe. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. But all you're going to do is 
push that like button on the internet or watch sport on television. And severe links with that, somebody should do something about that tribe. Another very popular, large tribe, larger than Collingwood and Richmond put together. You know, somebody should do something about that. That's terrible. Well, isn't it about time that you did something about that? Isn't that time that instead of you're going to do something that you actually got involved? As I said before, lots of things happening. You don't like what we're organising? Don't worry. There are other groups organising things. You don't like what they're organising? Organise your own actions. Because it's resistance which creates the beachhead which allows change to occur. If we all sang from the same North Korean song sheet, we'd all look the same and act the same. And that's the key. The key is to become involved. You're too old, you may be able to help financially. You're too weak, again, join public interests before corporate interests. Just a membership form. It all helps to bring that new world in our hearts to reality. Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast on the Community Radio Network and a few other renegade radio stations across the country. This program has been streaming live on 3cr.org.au. As I said before, you've got pelvic floor muscle issues, prostate issues, somebody's knocked on your door to borrow a cup of flour, Asia wants some information about the neighbours down the road, you know, and the list goes on and on. All those pesky people trying to sell you a new energy plan, you know, or a solar, put solar on your roof. Don't despair. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast the next few weeks by going to 3cr.org.au. You can leave messages on 0439 395 489. You can email us at anarchistage at yahoo.com. You can go to the website anarchistmedia.org. Follow the links to all the activities we are involved in. And don't forget, if you want to put public interest before corporate interest, think about joining PIPCI. P-I-B-C-I. Go to pibci.net. Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week on the Community Radio Network. As I said before, this program has been streaming live on 3cr.org.au. It's not enough to listen. Sever your ties with the Gunner tribe. Sever your ties with the somebody should do something about that tribe. Become involved. There are many ways you can become involved. Not everybody needs to be on the barricades. For every person on the barricade, there needs to be 100 people behind them, supporting them, helping them helping them organise, getting involved. Because if you want change, if you're sick and tired of the same old garbage, same old garbage, as Albert Einstein said, the definition of madness to do the same thing in the same way, irrespective, and get the same result. So you want a different result, you're doing nothing, now's the time to become involved. Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World This Week on your community radio station, courtesy of the Community Radio Network. Listen in next week to the Anarchist World This Week. Evil minds that plot destruction, sorcerer of death's construction. An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist World This Week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. 10 a.m. every Wednesday. 
Listen to The Anarchist World this week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events.